Hi, it's me, Judge John Hodgman. The court case you're about to hear uh, contains some adult themes, including uh, cigarette smoking, injection of drugs between the toes, uh, uh, electronic uh, opium pipes, and um, special relations between Ginny Weasley and uh, Harry Potter. Honestly, it's not any of it much worse than what I just said out loud, but if you have, <laughs> if you have kids, you may want to, you may, you know, you, the, the, the court is always in a, a court for a general audience skewing towards adulthood, but if you have kids in the back of the car, you may want to skip to another episode. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, a case of cigaretiquette. Robert brings the case against his good friend Bradley. Bradley, in an attempt to quit smoking, has substituted electronic cigarettes for the use of real tobacco-filled cigarettes. He'll smoke the e-cigarettes whenever they're technically allowed. Robert worries about the appearance of the smoke and thinks Bradley should show more discretion when e-smoking in public places, whether they're hanging out at a sporting event or a concert. Who is right and who is wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as the Honorable Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. I can't see you, but I know you're here. I feel it. You've been hanging around since I got here. I wish I could see your face. Just look into your eyes and tell you how good it is to be here. Just to touch something. Here, that's cold. That feels good. Here, to smoke, have coffee. If you do it together, it's fantastic. But you're not here. I'm here. I wish you were here. I wish you could talk to me. Because I'm your judge. Jesse Swearman. Please stand and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, God, or whatever? I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that the only thing he smokes is salmon? Yes, Yes, I do. And the occasional pork shoulder. Judge Hodgman, you're on. Thank you very much. Often I will shove a salmon into a pork shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It's called a a pork (laughs) shouldamon. And then I wrap it all in a piece of bacon. Robert, you bring the case against your so-called friend, (laughs) Smokey, or (laughs) non-Smokey as the case may be. What is the problem, Robert? Uh, well, basically, I mean, this came, this all came about when uh, we were at a, at a Chicago fire game, and uh, and what is what, he's, what what is that? Just a bonfire that you go and watch? It's the Chicago um, soccer team. Oh, I was professional you were soccer say team. Major League Soccer, weren't you? Uh, and I did. Yes. Does every does every game start with a, a cow kicking over a bucket? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Just to get things burning. Yeah. What happened in the Chicago fire? Was that bucket full of fire and the cow kicked it over and it set everything on fire? Was it like full of wildfire, like in Game of Thrones? <laughs> how was the, the cow kicking over the bucket important in some way? Uh, yeah, apparently Miss O'Leary, her cow was in the barn. I don't know. There's, there's various stories, but uh, her cow was in the barn and somebody was in there and it kicked over a lantern. Oh, kicked over a lantern. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. I yeah, apologize. Yeah. I must have misheard it. Now I know which one of you is the true Chicago Ann. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wrong, Robert, Robert. wrong, but okay. <laughs> oh, I have order. <laughs> Keep it down over there, Oak Park. Where are you from, Bradley? 
Uh, born in Chicago, uh, raised in Miami, moved back to Chicago a little over 20 years ago. All right. And Robert, where are you from? Um, um, I was born in South Carolina, moved to Texas, moved to North Carolina, and now I'm here. The true Chicago for the past 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just long enough to learn what the cow kicked over. Oh, guys, by the way, this is a terrible miscarriage of justice on my part. I forgot. Mm-hmm. To offer a summary judgment <laughs> to the one or both of you that could name the specific piece of culture that I paraphrased as I as I burned into the courtroom. My best oh. guess was the film Ghost. Okay, that's not it. <laughs> very, very. Is that outrageous. just your best guess no, for no. everything? <laughs> <laughs> very intriguing, interesting guess. Go on, go on, then, uh, I, uh, Carolina. Carolina I was Ryan. going to say the uh, the movie Coffee and Cigarettes. Oh, also an interesting guess. The Jim Jarmusch film mm-hmm. Coffee and Cigarettes that has been evolving for thirty five years or whatever. Exactly. Um, in 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 many ways, you are both right, but in the most important way, you are yeah. both wrong. What else is new? It is Peter. It is one of Peter Falk's many monologues from Wings of Desire by Vim <sighs> Vendors, in which he speaks to uh, the uh, the angel who wants to become human. Peter Falk plays, well, I don't want to spoil it, but he plays it. It's, it's a spoiler alert. It's 30 years old, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, he play, Peter Falk is, a, is an angel who has become human, and he's speaking to an angel who wants to be human. And he's explaining, and smoke the, cigarettes. Beauties, he's playing, explaining the beauties of tactile existence and mortality, which is what the angel is about to choose. And one of the things he chooses was uh, 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 smoking uh, cigarettes and drinking coffee. And when you do it together, it's fantastic. A line which I can personally credit for keeping me smoking five years after I should have stopped. (laughs) Every time I thought, I should give this up, but no, wait. Peter Falk said, uh, (laughs) living on earth and being mortal and dying is fantastic. Now that I'm 41 (laughs) years old uh, uh, and I've seen my share of death, unfortunately, I know that's not true, but it's still a pretty good movie. Now, Robert, you were saying yes. that Bradley, a soccer fan and Chicagoan, goes to these goes to these uh, footballs <laughs> games and uh, and pretends to smoke cigarettes. Is that correct? Um, some of it, I would say, I'm the soccer fan. Uh, he happened to be my guest at the at the game that day, right? To express his contempt for this dumb sport. Exactly, I think he was doing it as a sign of you know contempt. Yeah, contempt, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there's no need to improve on what I said. Uh, so, yeah, we were at the game. And so we are, I, I would say at this game, we're a second row in the stands. Um, and he had, he pulls out his e-cigarette and starts puffing away at it. Right. And uh, I didn't say anything at the time. Right. Um, but later on, well, why would you bother? I, I said, why would you bother? Because no one else was there because it was a soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> there there's quite a few people there. Sure. Um, who were they? Who were they playing? By the way, what was the name of the other team? Was it another terrible oh. natural disaster? Was it the New Orleans Katrinas or something? I believe it was the worst logo in MLS. That would have been the Columbus Crew, if I'm not mistaken. The Columbus Crew. Thank you very much. Let's let's just choose that as one time when I did not choose my words carefully, and I apologize to, <laughs> to the Judge Hodgman. To the survi- I believe to, that to the, the Bay Area team is the San Jose Quakes. Is it really? <laughs> It is, yes. <laughs> well, that was nineteen. It may just be a blanket rule in Major League Soccer. It has to be an. It has to be a terrible natural disaster. Well, 
I do. I do apologize uh, to to the to to those who survived and family members of those who did not survive uh, Hurricane Katrina. And I and I do apologize for that. But what was the name of the other team? The Columbus Crew. Yes. Right. Because they are what rowers? Is that what it is? is that the <laughs> Why is their logo the worst designed logo in sports? Oh, uh, you got to see it. It look it, it looks like three guys with like turtle hats on trying to look cool. It's terrible. It looks like Devo. They look like the logo. Columbus. Crew. It's not good. Oh yeah, it's it, yeah, it's weird. It looks like a yes. lo- <laughs> it looks like a, a logo for a bad chain restaurant. Stu Mulligan's hand forged stews. It's like three dudes, <laughs> three dudes in hard hats. What is the what is it? What is the reference to here? Was there a was there a a, 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 a hard hat fad in Columbus? Is it an industry in Columbus? Construction I, I, I crew, know. maybe. You wouldn't know. Yeah. All right. Well, Colombians. I'm a right, Chicago guy. Write in and let me know. So your friend bothers no one because there's no one there. Okay. By bringing out his, no, no, I'm sorry. Complete, complete your whole thing. So later on, I, I, I say to him, you know, uh, I kind of felt uneasy with him smoking this, I mean, or quote unquote smoking this uh, e-cigarette uh, at the game, just because uh, it, smoking is not allowed in the stands. And I just felt that uh, it could have been me- misrepresented by either security or other fans or, you know, children. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I just said to him, you know, I think there's a time and a place, even though you're supposedly supposed to be able to s- smoke these whenever, um, there should be some stipulations on when you can actually s- smoke them. Did anyone complain? No, not, not at the time. No. Okay. And how, and, and is it, is it, a, is it a large, is it an indoor stadium? Is it a large stadium? Uh, it's outdoor. It is large. It's about 25,000 capacity. Okay. It's an outdoor, it's an outdoor stadium with 25,000 capacity. Correct. And approximately 35 seats were filled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and does this happen a lot in Bradley's life that he's, that he's now explain, explain Bradley. Would you explain please? in as much detail as you feel helps your case, uh, what an e-cigarette or a cigarette is to, uh, to the sure. podcast listening audience? Yes, I'd be happy to. Um, it's an e-cigarette rather than S-cigarette, um, but, you know, pronounce it however you like. Uh, it, it, it has a cartridge on it and a battery. The cartridge is filled with liquid that contains water um, and a nicotine gel. Um, the battery, when you suck through it, serves to heat this up um, so that what you're doing as the quote unquote smoker is drawing in water and nicotine. What you breathe out then is a water vapor. Um, it's odorless, harmless, drifts away, et cetera, et cetera. Whoa, um, for are, someone, these are stipulations of fact that it's odorless and harmless that we don't. Yes. All right. This is this is I've, I, you know, I don't I've never been close enough to smell one of these things. What I what I'll certainly stipulate as fact is that the secondhand vapor, being nothing but water vapor, is indeed harmless and odorless. Well, it's simply water vapor. Water vapor and your halitosis, presumably. Agreed. Yes, agreed. <laughs> that could be dangerous. Outside of that, though, it's harmless. Robert, well, it's not Robert. Just- what uh, have you smelled? Can you smell this vapor? Can you smell this vapor? Um, with his halitosis aside, uh, <laughs> I would say. 
there is a slight, I mean, it, it would have to be indoors. He does. I allow him to smoke it in my house. Uh, and there is a slight odor. It's a sweet smell actually, but I mean, it's not, it's nothing overpowering like cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. And have you, have you done a controlled experiment where he's, where you compared it against a, a placebo vapor coming out of his mouth? No, no, I haven't. All right. So you would say that Maybe you, 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 you detect, so, so would it be fair to say that I you mean, detect, Robert is a smoker, so he's aware order. of the whole cigarette I smoke thing. Well, wait a minute. What? I'm sorry. I, I, I forget order. What? what? Robert is a smoker? I, Indeed. Well, then, Robert, you can't smell anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there, there, there was a period of about nine, <laughs> ten months that I had quit Ladies smoking. Ladies journey, could I ask Robert if he could possibly <laughs> smell this freshly peeled grapefruit <laughs> three feet away? Mm, no, yes. I rest my Actually, case. Actually, yeah. You can't smell over podcasts, Robert. In any way, it's not oh. a grapefruit. It's a Satsuma. <laughs> Bailiff Jesse, is it Satsuma season yet? Not yet, sir. Uh, then you have caught me in a lie, sir. I have no citrus here. Robert, you smoke cigarettes? Uh, at the moment, yes, I do. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? It's yes or no. Yes or no. Do you? Y- yes. Yes, All I right. do. All right. And what, and what, uh, and, uh, and what brand do you smoke? Oh, are we allowed to buzz market on your show? I'm not. I don't know the rules. Um, you know what? If someone ammo? smokes cigarettes, I need to know what they smoke. It's, I'm not. Believe me. Believe me. I am not buzz marketing uh, self-murder devices. <laughs> uh, I smoke camels. Camel cigarettes. Okay. Camel wides. Do they still make those? <laughs> no, not, no I, don't, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm going down a, a, little, uh, a, a little cancerous memory lane here of my smoking. <laughs> and how many do you smoke? Uh, per day? Well, okay. No, per hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, per day, I would say, um, oh, uh, like six. Okay. And how long have you smoked for? Uh, since I was 18. And what is your age? 30. Oh, really? You're 30 years <laughs> yeah. old? All right. Well, this is, and it's been off and on. I've taken, uh, you know, a year off here, nine months off here. Uh, okay. That's about it. Twice. Yeah. Right. You took a little break. You took a little vacation. <laughs> yeah. All right. And are you immortal? <laughs> no. Do you have a, do, do you have, do you have a, a, a mutant like healing factor a la Wolverine? No, not at all. <laughs> all, right. all right. That's fine. Just wanted to get to the facts there. So, but you cannot smell or taste anything. So therefore, your stipulation that it has an odor, I think, is, is, is pointless. But I would also say at the same time, though, Bradley, your assertion that the, that the vapor, as it goes into your lungs and or it goes out of your lungs, is harmless. Um, that is a, that, what is that based on? The packaging? Something no, it's, just, it's based on research that I've done, um, an article that I'm looking at right now that was printed a year ago in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine. Okay. Um, again, what I'm saying you know what, is that the secondhand say, thank vapor you, thank you for, is harmless. Thank you for coming prepared. Sure. Uh, well, objection, Your Honor. I, I have to say that there have been studies. Objection that, to my thanking him? N- no. Stand by. <laughs> Overruled. Objection on what Overruled, he said. Overruled, Bradley. <laughs> Do you have relevant, a relevant citation to give to this court regarding the harmlessness of the exhaled halitotic vapor? 
Um, I can give you the title of the article and the print and online source. Please, uh, a relevant citation, a relevant quote is what I'm looking for, actually. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay a Take relevant a quote. Uh, you know what? Here, here, here's yeah, what we're going to do. I would have to scroll back a page, and I wasn't prepared to do that. I stand apologize. By, stand, stand by. We're all going to take a moment here, okay? <laughs> and. And we're back. Bradley, what have you found with regard to secondhand smoke in your in your life? Uh, what I have found is a quote on WebMD that does say that uh, for smokers, electronic cigarettes may satisfy nicotine cravings. They can be used in non-smoking areas, and they may have less of the harmful chemicals that are in cigarette smoke. Right. Well, um, that's that's what I have found. But that's not uh, That they turn liquid nicotine into a vapor that you inhale, and that's what gets exhaled. But that's not that's not a quote from from the 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 American. Uh, the Journal for Preventive Medicine or whatever it was. It is not. That no. article we That's used a bunch of different information, and the general topic was a survey on, on e-cigarettes, okay. not specifically on what I was so you're uh, saying. Uh, so, so basically your stipulation is the internet <laughs> tells you <laughs> that e-cigarettes may be used in spaces where they are not prohibited. That's what, that, that's what you're saying. Well, it says they can be used in non-smoking areas right. um, and may have less of the harmful chemicals that are in cigarettes. But that is that, in fact, is not true because they may not be used, to my understanding, on a United slash Continental airplane. That's mm-hmm. true. And I, I also understand that in New Jersey, so I believe they've be been surprised. banned also in non-smoking areas. I do believe that that's the case. Right. I think it's wrong-headed, but I believe that's the case. You may, but you may be surprised to learn that, uh, that the internet is not entirely <laughs> accurate all the time. <laughs> all right. So we're going to leave Thank it as, you, an open, as an open question as to what harm, if any, the, the exhaled vapor might cause. Now, I can tell you. The Columbus Crew, according to thecrew.com, <laughs> buzz marketing for soccer. <laughs> uh, the Columbus Crew <laughs> was named uh, by Columbus resident Luis Orozco after a month-long contest to suggest the name in which Luis Orozco was the only entrant. <laughs> <laughs> This is according to thecrew.com. It's not WebMD, but it might. I don't know. And as far as as far as I can tell, their 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 uh, their their logo is uh, Dare to Be Massive, which we don't we don't there there isn't enough podcast tape in the world to go over all of this stuff. And Robert, did you enjoy your cigarette? Uh, yes. All right. Very well. So you're saying that so we don't know really whether the secondhand smoke or the second vapor, as it were, is harmful. But I, I think it stands to reason that it is, it is essentially an, an exhaled water vapor. And, right. and, and that it, it is probably, and I, I will say that I have seen these things in action. In fact, I feel like I've seen more and more of them recently uh, in airport lounges. And I think on one train in Europe, maybe one train here and around. Uh, and I have not noticed any odor uh, myself, nor did I get cancer within a day. So <laughs> that, that is my own anecdotal evidence. Now, uh, uh, I would say also, though, that they tend to freak me out because when I see people inhaling on these things, they see, they're a little bit longer than regular, uh, regular cigarettes. 
And instead of burning red on the end, they tend to burn blue or green. And it mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm in a terrible science fiction movie <laughs> where smoking has been replaced with this, which in fact is reality. And then I start thinking that we're in a ter- well, that reality is a terrible science fiction movie. Uh, so that <laughs> I find is. them to be, I find them to be weird and unsettling because I've gotten used to not seeing people put white sticks to their mouths and suck uh, in public places and non-white stick clubs. And also they have this weird glow to them that makes me feel as though uh, I'm in, I'm in a, a rejected scene from Blade Runner. Why do you smoke these things, Bradley? Because they make you look cool? Well, you know, honestly, that's actually part of my issue with them. They don't make me look cool because of people like Robert, who who tend to look at them as some sort of weird, strange thing that shouldn't be done, et cetera. No, I think I agree with you on the Blade Runner thing. They make me look kind of like some robotic freak, I have a feeling. However, they really are a whole lot better for my health than smoking cigarettes. I mean, I smoked from age 18 until April, so and I haven't smoked since. So that's yeah. why I smoke these things. They have worked. I can hear it in your voice too. Bradley, how old are you? Yes. I'm 40. I'll be 45 uh, later this month. You'll be 45. So you've got 15 years of smoking on your friend, Robert. That's right. All right. And so you quit. Well, you stopped smoking, uh, burning cigarettes in April. That's right. And you're maintaining nicotine addiction using the, uh, this, uh, nicotine, uh, delivery device, right? Correct. And you prefer this over the nicotine gum or patch as a, as a nicotine delivery device because, well, I, I've tried them both. Uh, neither worked time. for me for you, this but, period of time. But have you done um, them at the same time? This actually, to me, still feels like smoking. It feels like I'm actually not giving up what I had to give up previously um, and what I gain in return, you know, for not stinking, for not killing myself is more than worth the trade off. So, yeah, for me, this has worked far better than the gum or the patch. So you're willing to look like a doofus in order to not kill yourself. Absolutely. Right. I, I am willing and I do look that way. It is, Especially, it is I got to tell you, one of my little white sticks is actually a purple stick. Imagine that. It is almost the diametric opposite of smoking itself in which you are in, in which you are willing to kill yourself in order to look cool. Right. You're right. not killing yourself, but you look like a complete it, dork. It is almost exactly like, correct. It is almost like a retroactive punishment for ever smoking cigarettes in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, right. yeah. But I would say that you should, I mean, you know, there is contradictory information out there. Even my own research uh, suggests that there's contradictory information out there with regard to the safety of these devices in terms of conveying any carcinogens. Now, look, common sense would suggest it's got to be much less than burning paper and tobacco leaves and the other chemicals that are in a regular cigarette. But the reality is that the FDA has not tested these things up, down and around town um, they've only been in common use in the United States um, for the past five or six years. Um, uh, the, I, I would suggest that anyone who even consider using these things uh, proceed with uh, with caution and they're taking uh, 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 any risks that they would take if they put some chemical into their body that they don't know a lot about. Is that fair to say, Bradley? It is fair to say, um, having done a good deal of research myself, um, what seems to come out is that while there may be certain health risks associated with this, they are not comparable to the health risks associated with smoking cigarettes. Uh, Any number of doctors or organizations have attested to that fact, if nothing else. Yeah, and and I don't want to demonize propylene glycol. It's generally regarded as safe, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, there there are chemicals going into your body, including the drug nicotine, which has its own health effects. Yes. 
Uh, and, you know, I think you, you are trading off um, one set of health uh, potential risks for another set. And I agree with you that it is a reasonable person would conclude that the that the set of risks associated with e-cigarettes is most likely considerably less than traditional cigarettes. But it's still early days for this stuff. I just want to say that to anyone who might be listening, because a lot of the concern out there is that these will be attractive to children and let me just say, uh, or, and the people might take them up believing they're completely harmless when the facts are still being evaluated. Um, you should take reasonable caution. And my own research in forcing my children to smoke electronic cigarettes is not complete yet. <laughs> you know, not so to we'll mention say. the fact that you still end up getting the nicotine and be, becoming or remaining a nicotine addict. Right. So, I mean, that's important. It's not like these are healthy. They're just healthier than smoking regular cigarettes. So if no one is complaining... Robert, why do you care if Bradley smokes in your precious soccer stadium? It has nothing to do with the health ramifications for Bradley. You know, I could I could care less what he does to his body. My only thing is that it's it's a call for common decency. If somebody was sitting in front of me in the stands um, blowing bubbles, I mean, blowing bubbles in the stands is not uh, – Blowing bubbles but in the stands. Was, There's no specific regulation against blowing bubbles in the stands in, correct. in in fire fiery stadium of Chicago, right? Exactly. I mean, if people are setting fires, that's fine. But if people are blowing bubbles and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I would get upset and I would be like, "Hey, cut it out! Stop blowing bubbles in front of me. It's distracting me. Whether it's harmful to me or not, that's not the question." But disruptive just, things. But disruptive things, if I may, happen at sporting events all the time. Waves, beach balls being tossed around, cheers in support of your uh, uh, of your athletic team being yelled. Uh, particularly at the soccer game. Yeah, face <laughs> face painting. Um, actually, people playing soccer very disruptive of the entire experience. <laughs> How do you answer that? I would say if it's if it's supporting the team. What could be more in support of the team, the fire, than smoke? <laughs> well, if you he was smoking a real you thing, if he was actually down, burning sir. something, you may sit it would be down. it would be all right. <laughs> Bradley, but he's not. He's faking the funk, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> Jesse, de- deploy pie hole shutting, please, bailiff Jesse. Shut your pie holes. Now, was that really you, Jesse, or, or, or do you just have a sample machine now to say that? Yeah, I got one of those 360s. It also does uh, some different sounds from, um, uh, what's that movie with Mike Myers? Yeah, baby. You know what I'm talking about. Bradley, let's get back on track here for a second. Yes. Would you blow bubbles in the stadium just for your own amusement? I suppose I would. I don't see why not. It's not something I tend to do habitually, though. Would you feel happy if someone were blowing bubbles directly behind you in a stadium? Uh, you know, I'm kind of a bubble fan, so I don't think it would bother me a whole heck of a lot. Bradley, you're lying. Okay. Uh, you are under oath, sir. You're under oath. Of course you would be bothered <laughs> if someone was consistently blowing bubbles over your head the entire time you're trying to enjoy fantastic soccer. I don't care what a fan of bubbles you are. The question is, this is your chance to defend that your hal- halitosic vapor is in no way as intrusive as, say, bubbles. Because this is a very compelling argument, as far as I'm concerned, that Robert raised. 
Well, here's my thing, whether it be intrusive or not, and I would say that it's not as water vapor, it blows away a lot quicker than cigarette smoke does. It's not like it harms anyone's enjoyment of the game. It's not like they can't see through it. On top of that, there is no prohibition against it. It is not smoking. There is no fire. There is no flame. And I would argue that if more people were to accept electronic cigarettes, you would have a far greater chance of them being in wider use by people who are attempting to quit smoking. The health effects of which for this country could be huge. I hate the idea of someone saying, oh my gosh, there's a little bit of vapor floating by me, indicating that people should not use these things, which can be truly helpful health-wise out at a soccer game or at a bar or wherever it might be. These aren't damaging. They're not harmful. They don't bother someone else's enjoyment of the game. They attract a little bit of attention to my friend Robert, maybe, and that's his problem, not mine. These are good. Uh, all right. Well, again, I just have to stipulate there, there is a real issue here. If I were you and if I were arguing your case, I would stay specifically to the facts that they're not prohibited, right? They are minimally invasive to anyone else around. There is no significant evidence that secondhand vapor from it uh, is is harmful, and it's certainly less invasive than than cigarette smoke itself. And it is your personal choice to put this into your body. Turning it into a public health policy issue, I think, really does not do your case particular service here, because I do not, with no offense to you, and I'm glad you've stopped smoking traditional cigarettes, I do not necessarily want to be out here uh, on my in my courtroom, uh, giving you a soapbox to buzz market nicotine addiction via electronic cigarettes, or to say this is not harmful and in fact a good thing. When I'm sorry, it's still an issue of some scientific debate. Now I don't think it's meaningful scientific debate, or I should say I don't think that the risks are very meaningful. But I don't think that you want to put yourself in a position where you are buzz marketing e-cigarettes on my podcast. Because that's not going to help me think well of your in your favor. Because now you're really asking me to balance not just personal choice, but also public health issues. And you're in, inserting that into the debate, which is, I think you can tell, something I clearly feel pretty strongly about. Uh, understood. Um, in all honesty, I, I, mean, say, I mean, I feel rather strongly something- about it myself. Not sure. suggesting that these things are harmless but suggesting that if they can help folks to stop smoking, then they should be more welcomed than they presently are. That's my only suggestion. Not that they're harmless, not that I'm trying to market them. I just know for me, it's actually helped me to quit smoking and not die to have another cigarette. Sir, sir, I certainly appreciate that you are not, uh, just so that we're clear, I know that you are not actually buzz marketing cigarettes, but I do take issue with someone who is not a research scientist who's been working on this for a while, making health claims about this product. I am typically someone who really feels much like like, uh, your good friend uh, Robert does. I don't care what garbage you put into your body, even if it's uh, less potent garbage or a million times less potent garbage than the other garbage. Garbage is going into our bodies all the time. Toxins are going into our bodies all the time through simply by eating and breathing and living in cities and even living in the country. You know, it doesn't, that, I, I get it. And I do believe in personal choice and personal, uh, personal uh, uh, ways of killing oneself, okay? I think you're right. You're going to do better on these e-cigarettes than otherwise. But I don't, I don't feel entirely comfortable with turning your argument, because I don't think it's a winning argument with me, your judge, in from a, I want to enjoy myself this way and I'm not harming other people into more people should be doing this. That's not a position. That's a position you may take 
and I appreciate that you're taking it, but it's not going to help your argument with me. And I just want to be very clear to the people who are listening, that is not my position in this case. Because I do think people need to make very aware decisions about the stuff that they're putting into their bodies, whether it is actual cigarettes or whether it is a cigarette replacement um, that is, you know, still, and as I say, reasonable people, I think will agree this is a much better thing to be putting into your body. But I'm not a doctor, and I don't know that you are either. So I'm just going to stipulate that. Bradley, when are you going to quit electronic cigarettes? I don't know yet. Um <laughs> At this point, what's going on in my life, it's amazing that I'm not going back to smoking regular cigarettes. So for right now, I'm very much sticking with these. We'll see how long it takes me to get off. I presume presume you're referring to the trauma of my yelling at you. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's rough on me, Judge. I I apologize. It's okay. I'll be all right. You you picked the wrong day to quit sniffing glue. I understand. That's the way it works. (laughs) A lot of wrath. A lot of judicial wrath about what? I don't know. In any case, um, but I want to clarify here that right now, what, whatever your claims, whatever your public health claims for this product, right now you are using it as a nicotine replacement, right? And Absolutely, that's a little yes. bit, I, it's a nuance, but I think it's important to note that, that to what degree they're effective as, an, as a smoking, well, I guess you could say they are technically, definitely a smoking cessation aid, but you are replacing your delivery for nicotine in a, that's in correct. a, in a way that is probably more helpful to you and certainly less invasive to others. And I do think that that, if it is truly a step to stop smoking, terrific. Even if it's not, you have your right to do that. I mean, there is a stigma to smoking in, 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 overall that has grown up, except in a few cases, I would say not inappropriately in this country. And there are definitely places where smoking right now is considered to be very much taboo, where it wouldn't have been even 10 uh, or 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, and- right, but Judge, here's the thing. If I smoke a cigarette around smokers, at least the smokers will think I'm okay. Now with right. these, no one thinks I'm cool. I think I have everything that I need to make my decision. I'm going to go into chambers and uh, inject heroin between my toes in the privacy of my own <laughs> chambers. Uh, I will be back in a few moments. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Robert, you're bringing this case. Why is it any of your business? I am one of those people that it uh, bothered. I am one of those people in the stands that I was talking about. If if I was bothered, then guess what? Other people might be bothered as well. So I think I'm speaking for everyone else that had to hold their silence because they didn't want to look like the jerk. Bradley, why are you bothering your friend? I'm not bothering my friend. I'm just using my e-cigarette and exhaling water vapor. Why it you're bothers not, him? You're not bothering your friend. He just I said he was bothered. That's sort of like throwing a football at someone and it hits him in the face and saying, hey, I didn't hit his friend. And I didn't hit him in the face. The football hit him in the face. Oh, hey, he probably should have had his hands up then. I mean, I'm not doing anything illegal, wrong, unjust, bothersome to anyone except for him because he happens to be the one sitting next to me and doesn't want to deal with the undue attention. That's all. Bradley, what do you think your chances are in the case? Uh, at this point, pretty minimal. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Ugh, guys, I feel fantastic. How do you feel? <laughs> uh, Feeling great. Okay. Robert. Yes. Uh, let me ask you, there's one question that I forgot to ask before I left the courtroom. Do, mm-hmm. you, ha- do you have a butt? Do I have a butt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, because it's about to get kicked, my friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Surprising, right? The reality is 
that I applaud Bradley for, first of all, quitting what we call traditional or non-electronic or steampunk cigarettes, analog (laughs) cigarettes, which are really, 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 really bad for him. And you, by the way, Robert. I'm not Mm going to yell at you about that, Robert, because you make your own choices in life. These are choices that I think, as Bradley was intimating, have profound effects on public health in general, which costs everybody money and that sort of thing. Although I think that Bradley was probably saying that in order to feel more normal smoking e-cigarettes, trying to get everyone to smoke these things. But the reality is, he is absolutely right that this is a product where the risk is almost certainly, whatever the risk is, it is less than cigarettes. I think any reasonable person can agree. But even if that were not the case, and let's separate that for a second of, uh, of unsettled science. The risk that he is taking into his body, he is taking into his body himself. And the risk that he is putting out of his body is minimal in the form of water vapor, largely odorless, probably not damaging, and um, uh, essentially aesthetic at, at worst. That is to say, he looks like a weirdo. He looks like a kind of a scuzzy robot from the future. He looks like he's smoking in places where people have not been allowed to smoke for a while, and it is jarring and strange to look at, and I don't think it looks good, personally. But no one can prevent you from dressing badly at the soccer game and looking like a crazy person, so long as you are within a certain parameters, I should say, wearing pants, just as no one can prevent you from doing something else that makes you look uncool, like going to a soccer game. And therefore, until there are laws that suggest otherwise, I see no problem with Bradley smoking his electronic cigarette at the soccer game. Now, how is this different from other vices? And how can you apply that to other places? Because I presume that Bradley and you occasionally go out together and separately to places that are not soccer games. Most vices that, pe- that, are st- that are legal at this time, that most intoxicating vices that are legal, uh, are prescription drugs and alcohol. And in both cases, the only thing that you put out while you take these things in is, uh, is perhaps if you are um, injudicious, uh, obnoxious behavior, right? Uh, and and uh, meanness. In this case, there is a distinct difference between an e-cigarette and, say, having a drink, even though they might both be legal. The, the e-cigarette does put out a vapor of some kind. And while we, I think, common sense, commonsensically agree that this vapor is pretty minimal in its invasiveness to other people, you should not necessarily ask people around you to breathe everything that is going into your body. If you are putting something into your body, people should not necessarily be forced to breathe the air that is coming out of your body. This is a simple rule of flatulence. If you are in a proximity to such a person that you would not fart audibly in their presence, I would encourage you to think twice, Bradley, before e-cigaretting. A soccer stadium, I don't think there's a bad deal. I don't think I don't think it's a you know in the roar of the crowd you could probably get a fart off there pretty easily. You know what I mean? <laughs> in the mum, in the mumble of the soccer crowd. 
But in an airplane, and I think you've already said you won't smoke in an airplane. I really would, I really would encourage you not to do that in an airplane. Because I think that that's not just an issue of looking bad. Um, I think it's also an issue of confusing the person sitting next to you as to why there is a vapor coming out of your mouth. And any reasonable person, if asked, do you mind if I use this electronic device that causes a vapor to come out of my mouth and I breathe it all around you? will probably say, yeah, no, I would prefer that you not. If, you have a, if I have a choice, I would prefer that you not. I suppose you could ask, but you'd really have to ask everyone around you. I think that when in close, in close enclosed quarters where you would not be able to fart openly uh, or even discreetly, I would encourage you in this new world of SIG electricate to refrain. In open areas such as a large airport concourse where smoking is not allowed, where traditional smoking is not allowed, um, in bars and restaurants, again, would you fart there? Yes, then great. Would you fart there? No, maybe not now. Maybe go outside and fart. But until, uh, until other laws are developed or until other scientific evidence is put forward that suggests that it is more harmful to, to other people, uh, until then, I think you are free to light up your weird blue glow stick anywhere that you are strong enough, sir, to endure uh, the hardship of people looking at you and wondering what is wrong with you. Personally, I think you should consider getting ready to abandon nicotine altogether because it has its own health effects, but I do applaud you putting away the burn sticks, as I will applaud anyone who might be listening when they finally decide to grow up and put away the burn sticks. Robert, are you still there with your butt getting kicked? Uh, yes, it's been stamped, stamped out like a cigarette butt. <laughs> you know what it's like now to be making the choice to hurt your body and enjoy the pleasure of it because you know what? Coffee and cigarettes together are fantastic. Peter Falk no longer lives. I don't know if he died of cancer, but you know what I'm saying. As long as you confront your own mortality and appreciate that you're doing something that's bad for you, you can choose to do whatever it is. But you are right. You, you appreciate better probably than most the social stigma that goes along with putting the toxins into your body and then putting toxins out of your body. And so you are, you are restricted. Uh, perhaps you are projecting and wish to, uh, wish to put on Bradley the same restrictions you feel as a smoker, even though he is now free and clear and into a world of, uh, of uh, Blade Runner-like futurism. But, uh, but you cannot. And I encourage you to consider whether uh, smoking is... Smoking to look cool at the benefit of your own health is as good a trade-off as e-smoking to look dumb to the benefit of your own health. This is the sound of a gavel. <sighs> Judge John Hodgman rules, that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Robert, how are you feeling? I feel it was a fair, fair judgment. Uh, I, I liked that the whole um, fart analogy, if you can fart there. That, I mean, that seems, seems like a good measuring stick. Bradley, how about you? I'm very pleased with the ruling. I think the judge was fair. Um, I absolutely agree with the fart statutes. They seem to make sense. So I'm pleased with the way everything went, including kicking Robert's butt. Robert, Bradley, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank, Thank you so much. Yeah, but seriously, Bradley, get off the weirdo space sticks, okay? Yeah, I'll work on it. Thanks. All right. Good luck. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, always brought to you by you 
the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames. Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, stepmom, a mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go. Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes. Uh, that's my wife and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one, an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog, uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children. Uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app, but I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura Frames in my house or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wirecutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix, you get a human stylist, not AI. A human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other. This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it is an absolutely incredible service. They give you styling advice, outfit recommendations, the whole thing soup to nuts. And like I said, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, it is unfathomably easy to send it back. They give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it. All you have to do is shove the thing in there, close it up and drop it off at your local mailing center. It is that easy. Can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like they know me and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. That's stitchfix.com slash J-J-H-O. Stitch Fix 
com slash J-J-H-O. I like these improvements that you've made to your office, Judge Hodgman. Yeah, I, you know, I thought I would, uh, I would put out a fainting couch and a, and a bunch of old-timey Chinese vases and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so on to, uh, to complement my new electronic opium pipe. <laughs> You also, it looks like you expanded the bathroom. That looks like an expanded bathroom to me. His and her sinks. Who did you hire to do this work? Uh, presumably you hired out of Columbus. Oh, yes. I hired the crew. <laughs> did they do a good job or? They did. And, you know, the best part about it was there was an unfortunate incident where uh, parts of the ceiling were caving in, but their heads were protected by their soccer helmets. <laughs> Let's clear the docket. Okay. Here's something from David. My co-workers and I disagree about the intention of Ginny Weasley's birthday present. I, oh God. Now I'm going to get emails from Harry Potter people because I said Ginny Weasley wrong. Ginny Weasley? No, that seems racist. (laughs) (laughs) Against both Italian and weasels. Yeah, it must be Ginny Weasley. It's okay, Ginny, so my co-workers and I disagree about the intention of Ginny Weasley's birthday present to Harry Potter in Chapter 7, The Will of Albus Dumbledore, <laughs> on Harry, of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I believe that Ginny simply wishes to give Harry a passionate kiss that he will remember as he leaves to destroy Voldemort. My friends argue that Ginny's real intended birthday present is to have intercourse with Harry, but Ron barges in and prevents it. I request an order acknowledging my correct interpretation. My friends request an injunction that prevents me from bringing up my point of view again. Thank you for writing in, um, fan fiction writer. Uh, I am, as you know, a trained literary critic with a degree from Yale University where we learned from Roland Barthes that the author is dead. And I know that's true because I know Roland Barthes is dead. I saw his bones. They show them to you at Yale University in order to prove that we cannot truly judge authorial intention even if the author, him or herself, says that they know what they intended. We only have this artifact, the text. It is sort of like hmm, a magical a diary that you find in a bathroom. All you know is what is left for you. And all we do know from that text is that they kissed but did not have sex on the floor of the burrow, which, or wherever they were, which I think, frankly, is probably just a fantasy in your weird fanficy mind, um, because it seems unlikely that it would happen in a young adult novel, if Ron, even if Ron Weasley hadn't stopped it. Uh, but in any case, we can never know for sure. I think all we have here is the text, and I would say, yeah, they kissed, and that was probably it. So I will not give you your weird, provocative injunction, um, however, I do not have the text at hand at the moment here, which is incredibly irresponsible of me. So I will revisit this case, but only if you record for me this passage in your own voice, giving it uh, whatever uh, sexy overtones you want to make me understand that this is truly leading, uh, uh, truly trying to suggest the innuendo that Ginny and Harry were going to have a more intimate relationship than they had. 
Alternately, people who would like to argue the more chaste version can also record their own version of this passage and send it in. I'll listen to both and I'll determine um, which is more exciting for me to hear, I suppose. I'm interested. Can I can I hear them too? Yeah. Um, I was really just thinking I would listen to myself while smoking my electric opium pipe. Can we listen to them together? Mm, okay. It's good to have you back, Jesse. This is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical. I'm so glad that I found your podcast. I just cannot thank you enough for just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you, and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us. This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the science of perfect pitch, the history of pride flags and speedrunning video games. Any questions? Ah, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast, Let's Learn Everything where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at Forum.MaximumFun.org and our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.